Hey, what's up, everybody? Good morning. It's your boy Rudy here to come at you with the new podcast. I think I'm on podcast number four. Um, this is a podcast where I talk about interesting things that I think are interesting on the internet, and I bring them to you with a little bit of light and uh, discuss things mountain bike and um, some current events. My name is Rudy, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'd like to start off by apologizing for not getting a podcast out for the next or for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I ended up getting that thing people were calling the code COVID. COVID. I don't know. It's like cold and COVID. Like mix. I don't know. Here's the deal. I think it was just. Uh, I think it was just a um, a cold, like a severe cold. Like I had some chest congestion, and um, you know, at some point, I spent three days where I was like completely out of it. Like like. Uh, I felt really like had some body aches and pains on Monday and then Tuesday I was like out like congested like just laid in bed Wednesday same thing Thursday same thing started getting a little bit better towards the end of the day or I should say the end of the night and um, by Friday I was like on my feet like back out in the garage doing bike stuff um, but um, I here we are a full two weeks basically since I first started getting those body sorenesses right and I, uh, I still have some congestion, some congestion, some like phlegm still kind of floating around, um, in my nasal passages, not bad. Um, but that's kind of the reason why I wasn't able to, um, try to put together a podcast. And, um, I, I tried the night before I really started feeling the body soreness and, um, it just wasn't coming out good and I didn't like the way it was going. So then I tried the next day whenever I had the body soreness and, um, I don't know, something happened. The files got corrupt or something like that. And, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. So I think I got everything fixed and figured out now. So hopefully this is my, my last time trying to do the podcast from two weeks ago. Um, so if I have to stop and drink more water than usual or clear my throat, I apologize. If I sound nasally, I apologize for that too. Might get some um, some blow, some nose blows here. Um, but I am well. I actually, and so actually, so I got sick on that 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 Monday, right? So two weeks ago Monday. I should look at the calendar tell you guys exactly what it was. But two weeks ago, Monday, and then um, by that Friday, like I said, I was feeling a lot better. Um, Saturday, I really wasn't quite ready to ride, but Sunday, I knew some friends that were going out for a ride. So I met with those guys out at 512. And man, if you guys are in the San Antonio, Austin, San Marcos, like in this area, like 512, man, they are doing some really cool stuff. Um, you're going to be able to go out there and see some features that they have at like some of the bigger bike park trails, um, like with lift access stuff, <coughs> excuse me. Um, they have the, the jumps that are a little more kickier than like your standard mountain bike jumps kind of half between like the BMX and, uh, mountain bike jumps. They have a, uh, a kicker into a wall ride into a step up onto a lily pad down to a drop. Um, that's really cool. One of the things that I have, I, I don't know if I should say a problem at, but um, definitely haven't had the opportunity to hit this feature a lot, but it is the 
Um, some of them call, call it like a bonus log, or I call them a cannon jump, and it's where you're 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 going upwards, um, on a like a like a, a wooden plank, right? But you're you're going upwards, and then it just drops off, you know, into a transition. Um, and it, it a lot of them they seem blind because you're you're going up, but then you're going to basically drop off of it at the end. Uh, if you guys watch any of the slope style competitions, they always have um, one of these features, and it, usually some of the bigger tricks come off of this feature. Anyways, <laughs> they have uh, a couple of those style of, of jumps on their trails. One's on slingshot, and another another one's on. Oh man, I can't remember what it's called, but it's next to mine shaft. Um, but they have some really really cool features, and and also they have like progressive. Um, jumps they have like a, a green jump line and a blue jump line they have a black and a double black jump line is it a black yeah a black and a double black jump line they have creek jumps they have a progressive drop zone area where there's like a, a six inch to like a i'm gonna say a two maybe a four foot drop and then they even feature this massive freaking drop that's like, I don't know, from, from the top to the bottom, I, I'll say it's probably 12 to 13 feet, 12, maybe 14 feet, at max 14 feet. Anyways, that thing looks uh, looks gnarly. It's got, a, it's got a nice run up and a nice run out. So um, I did not do that yesterday. You know, I have a problem doing some of those features like that, that are like bike parks. Like, yeah, I know they're kind of getting you ready, but I would rather hit them on the trail like I'd rather have them like in the either in the middle of a trail to do or have it be like entering into a trail um, you know kinda like uh, I like to call it like price of admission right like if you're going to a bike bike park some of the some of the features to get onto the black or the double black like some of those are pretty uh, pretty gnarly like they're pretty uh, advanced and um, I like to call them the price of admission because if you can't do these features or you can't do this jump or you can't do this drop, like I, I feel like that's preparing you for what the rest of the trail is going to be. And if you can't do this, then you probably shouldn't be doing <laughs> any any of the rest of the black. I don't, I don't know. That's that's how I feel. So, for example, they had this they had this jump at this five one five twelve place. It's called five twelve free ride. Check them out. Um, on Facebook or um, uh, on if you look it up, yeah, on Facebook um, and five twelve at five twelve free ride I think on their Instagram. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyways, um, there's this uh, there's this is it I think it's a double black jump trail. Um, it's got a creek gap at the a creek gap at the end, and one of the jumps is a like it's a it's a pretty kicky jump into like a step down and I, I i kept calling that the price of admission because um you can you can skip that one and you can hit like the other five jumps that they have on there um that are they're all gap jumps but i feel like i felt like myself like if i can't do this jump like i'm not going to do the other one and my friend's like oh that's the last one that i that i figured out to do i just kept skipping it and uh I don't know. I just didn't want to do it that way, so I uh, made sure that I mustered up all the uh, all the skill to uh, to hit this jump before I would go into all the other ones, right? So, 
Um, that's what I did. I hit it like three times. I think first time was like really bad. Second time was like, was better. And then the third time was like, um, a little bit better than, than the, than the second one. Anyways, I felt a lot more comfortable with it. Right. Um, and then I decided to go on to the next jump and man, I overshot it. I landed. It was not, it was not good. Uh, give me just a second here, guys. I'm going to take just a, just a quick, quick break. All right. Uh, am I back here? Back? Yeah. Okay. So I hate doing that. You know, I really try to get everything prepared and set up. So whenever I, um, when I sit down to do these, like, I just want to get, get through them. You know what I mean? Without any stops. <clears throat> so I get my water and my coffee and whatever else that I need close by. So I don't have to do that. But, um, unfortunately I had to get that, had to do that there. But I uh, hope this comes back pretty quick. So I was I was talking about, and that's the other thing, right? Like if you if you stop and you forget where you're at or what you're doing. But I made I made point because this, this is the first time I ever done. I made point to remember what I was talking about before I left you guys. So we were talking about being at five twelve free ride, and I was on the run um, six pack, and I was just telling you guys that had made it over the first um, obstacle, which is the first jump. The the um, uh, price of admission, which is like a, a nice kicky jump um, into a step down uh, landing. And then um, you roll up to this next jump. Um, there's an A line and there's a B line. And I was going for the A line. It's it's a, it's a it's the same type of jump, but it's just a little bit further. So of course you need a little bit more speed. Um, in my case, I, I, I viewed that as needing a lot more speed and I gave it the beans and um, I jumped and the way that I jumped and my timing um, came down, of course, um, it wasn't like a jump where you you flatten out, you know, and you kind of land like a lot of times like you can kind of land a bottom or land a flat, you know, with like both wheels. And uh, it wasn't that kind of kind of a jump. It's kind of the, the arcing jump where you you hit it and it kind of um, kicks you up, you flatten out and then you kind of nose down into the jump. And, um, so I had that, I had that motion going. So it, it, it's almost like, so whenever I came over, um, I don't want to say I dead sailored, but it, it kind of gave me that motion where, um, I started coming over and my nose was coming down. Um, but I was way, way past the, I overshot it. I was way past the transition. So there was nothing for my front wheel to, to come down on, um, there wasn't a transition for my front wheel to come down on. So it was just straight impact on my front wheel. And of course I'm already, you know, making that motion where my, the rear of my bike is coming over, you know what I mean? And, uh, usually you, you hit with your front wheel and you, you ride out smoothly, but man, it was, um, it was a high speed crash and, uh, <clears throat> handlebars turned to the right. I of course put my, uh, right forearm, an arm out to to brace the impact um actually i mean that's what happened but what i what i was trying to do was um you know a lot of people say you know if you're going to um come down on something or you know you're going to eat shit you know try to you know make sure you stay on the bike for as long as possible so that the bike takes the abrupt of the of the collision right and so that's what i did until <clears throat> my handlebars turned to the right and um, I let go, of course, using my right hand to try to brace myself because that's that's what you do. You know what I mean? Try to protect yourself. And um, 
I had elbow pads on, knee pads, had my full face helmet on. Like I had pants on that day because it was a little chilly outside. Um, even though we got warmed up, I still kept my I still kept my um, my pants on instead of throwing some shorts on. Anyways, um, ate shit. Um, my forearm, my elbow pad, my elbow pad scooted all the way up past my elbow, right? So I have these elbow pads that 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 strap down maybe two inches from my wrist, right? So they come down pretty far. So they're supposed to protect that part. The the exact part that I got injured at the worst. Um, I got this this freaking rub burn if you guys are watching. I just showed you guys, but it, it's like fucking like three inches big um, where I came down with my elbow, you know what I mean, to, to brace myself and the elbow pad scooted all the way back up, stretched out, scooted all the way back and um, instead of protecting my elbow, it just basically moved out of the way. Now, it, it might have taken some of the initial impact but then it scooted immediately back all the way back to where um, it wasn't protecting anything. And I got this huge freaking road rash, which I mean, maybe, maybe it could have been worse. Maybe it could have been chunky soup. I don't know. But um, instead I just got this gnarly freaking road rash and, you know, a really sore forearm from it. But had my pad stayed in place, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten any, any cuts well, maybe on my side. I did get these little these little notches on my side, um, but they're they're minor. They're really minor. My pants ripped. Um, not bad, you know. Probably like a, a four inch freaking cut. My phone was in that pocket too, and uh, the phone was fine. A um, little bit of uh, soreness on the uh, on this right on the yeah the outside um, of my right leg, kind of like a baseball slide um, area and down towards my my calf and shin area but had that elbow pad stayed in place like i wouldn't have had like the the injuries i mean they're pretty minimal anyways but i would have had like next to nothing had that elbow pad stayed in place and i guess the reason that i'm talking about this or that i wanted to get to this point is because um protection personal personal equipment that helps protect you like gives you a false sense of security in this case like big time right um the elbow pad that i had was the 100 uh it's 100 brand and i really like the pads they they wear well um they're not super hot i, I like the the material that they use um, on the outside <laughs> where the elbow pad goes, not only is there like nice soft padding to help protect you, but there is also, um, a, a harder outer shell too, right? That's, that's there to protect you. But if it doesn't stay in place, like it's not going to protect you. Now I've said this to a lot of my friends and, um, I played paintball for many years, played at a pretty high level. And, um, when you play paintball, you like when you play in tournaments like you have you're fully padded right so um knee pads elbow pads for sure um usually have some kind of little pad on your crotch and then uh the pads that i wore actually had like hip pads for like sliding because you do a lot of sliding and diving 
Um, your elbow pads, this is this is the most important thing that I want to talk about. The elbow pads always had some kind of thumb ring on there. And that way, whenever you went to go slide, that pad didn't slide up out of the way. And there's so, there, there's so much paintball equipment for protection that I think would cross for, that would cross transfer over to mountain biking that I would really like to get with somebody and help do that because it's, this injury just sucks. Like it, it's just like, I, I paid, you know, whatever, 50 bucks for these pads. I don't remember exactly what I paid for, but you pay good money for pads and, and for them not to work when you need them the most is like, just, it's just so frustrating. So now I'm riding more tentatively, you know, so I went out for another bike ride yesterday to, um, Reveille Peak, which they opened up a new line there and, um, they have a pretty big jump. They have a couple of different jump lines and they're pretty high speed and you just, you, I'm just timid to ride, you know, especially for the first, you know, few rides, um, of these jump lines or these trails because, uh, you know, God, I don't want to, I don't want to freaking fall off my bike, eat shit and, and reopen my wound or, you know, just, it's just a constant reminder of like, Hey, you're, you're, you're riding, but you're actually injured. You know what I mean? <sighs> Anyways, I would. So because of that, what I really, what I really want to do is I want to help make better equipment or I'd love to get with somebody that, that can help me design better equipment to help protect you, to help protect riders. Like this sucks, man. Um, anyways, let's go back to 512 free ride, right? So got, got eight shit, um, got up and you know, I had, I had friends that were there. I was there with a group of, I think there was five of us there, three, no, there's yeah, total group of five of us. And we went to, um, back to the cars real quick, uh, had some water, you know, washed off the dirt and stuff like that. Of course, took some pictures for the gram and, uh, um, one of the guys had some wipes. So I, I grabbed the, grabbed the towels and like with the water and, and like cleaned it off really good. But, um, it was probably two hours into our visit there. And I, obviously I'm, I'm not ready to go home. Um, besides being a little sore, uh, popped a couple of, um, Tylenols that I had because I knew that that was going to, that was going to be a, a, a tough ride home. And, uh, cleaned my elbow pad up really good with water and, <laughs> and, uh, the, the towels. And, uh, I slid my elbow pad back on man. And, and I continued to ride for another, whatever, four hours. Um, the main thing that I wanted to do there was to get this six pack, um, jump line done. It was a black jump line and excuse me. None of the jumps are out of my skill level. Actually, nothing there is really out of my skill level. It's one of those things where, um, you have the mental game of course with yourself and uh, I had plenty of those. And so it was just, it was just to, you know, get back on the horse and try to tackle this thing. And the main thing that I wanted to do while I was there was get, uh, the six pack jump, jump line done. Right. And, uh, so I just started back at it. And, uh, of course the, the, the first jump, um, I should go back. So there's, there's a price of entry. There's a first jump. That's the, the lippy kicker in the, into a, a step down basically, uh, run out. And then now whenever you're going into the trail, there's probably a good, 
um, 50 feet of trail um, where you start to line yourself up for either the A line or the B line or a mixture of both, whatever you want to do, right? So there's two jumps. The first jump that I ate shit on is the A line, and that's the one that I sent too deep. And then the the other one, you know, we call it the B line, which is the same jump, the same trajectory. It's just shorter, okay? So I just decided that I was going to tackle all of B. Like, all I want to do is get all of the B line done so that I could say that I completed it. <clears throat> now, just like the first jump, the last jump is the only jump that you have, and that's the creek jump. So it goes... Um, jump number one, step up, or sorry, um, kicker into the step down. Second jump is a B and it's just like, a like a 15 foot gap jump. Second jump's a little bit shorter. So you actually have to break check a little bit. I'm going to say it's probably more like a 10 foot jump, 11 foot jump, something like that. And on the next one, um, a little bit further, maybe like a, a 12 to 14 foot jump. Next one, same thing, 12 to 14 foot jump. Next one, 12 to 14 foot jump. And then the last one is the creek jump. And it's like a 15 to 18 foot jump maybe. Maybe it's a little bit longer. But jump one is your only option. Jump two, you have B, or I'm sorry, you have A or B. Uh, jump two or jump three a or b jump four a or b jump five a or b jump six is why they call it six pack is only one jump you only have the a that's it right so you have a jump going in and a jump going out <laughs> that, that is it so um you know i just started working my way up <laughs> um got the got the first one done obviously second one um it took me it took me a little bit to find the right speed um, and then the next one number three jump is uh, a little awkward and you definitely have to brake check um, but you land that nice and easy and you don't have to pedal um, you probably put a pedal in, in between not a real hard one um, to line yourself up for jump number four and if you land number four fine don't don't touch your brakes you hit number five, and then as soon as you land, you start putting as many pedal cranks as you win. In my case, it was like two, like one okay pedal, and then like one like full on as hard as I could pedal, and then uh, and then it's a jump. Like it's just so it's just so fast and short that you don't have a lot of time to put in pedal cranks. So as soon as you come down off of that fifth jump, uh. You just you just put the pedal to the metal, you know, put in as many pedal cranks as you can and um, hit the jump like you normally would. So <clears throat> I was able to get that done all of all of the B line. So this place has so many different trails and so many different features that um, I wasn't able to hit everything. And I could definitely go back and clear that clean that up, you know, because, yes, I, I did. You know, I did. um the jump number two, I did, I don't know, probably 10 times. Um, after I did jump number three, I think I did that three or four times. 
but then after that, like I just got real comfortable and I could feel it. So after I hit jump number four, um, five came really easy. And then as soon as I got through with number five, I went right back up and did a run completely through, you know, one, two, three, four, five. My buddy was down at the bottom. He was coaching me, you know, pushing me the whole time and I hit six. So it, once I got past, I'm going to say once I got past number three, like four and five were like just really easy to hit. Like they were really, really comfortable. Um, the trail speed just puts you right at where you needed to be. So I can go back there to this 512 and, you know, clean that up, you know, make sure I feel nice and comfortable. But then I can start working on the A line, right? Doing all of, all of the, the A line hits, which are, like I said, the, the jumps gives you the same trajectory. It's just that they're further out. So you're going to need a little bit more speed. And, um, so I get to clean those up, but there are also other trails there that, um, that we didn't even hit that we, you know, we kind of walk through, but we didn't hit. Um, it's, it's really, it's a really, really cool place. I just want to, I just wanted to talk to you guys real quick about that because, uh, it was fresh in my mind. Now, this is the part that I, I, I probably, sh maybe I should have started with. I don't know. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, of course, um, what's it called? Uh, Pink Bike Academy. They had their their final episode, episode number ten, right? And I'm just gonna jump right in, right? So it starts off with Emmett, and what they're doing is um, it's the second day of the uh, two day enduro race. This is the the finals. These um, the uh, goalie and Christina, um, are asking these guys questions like serious questions, serious ish questions, I should say, and, uh, trying to get their answers. And so the episode starts off with, um, Emmett dropping in and goalie mentions that he and Bradley, um, had been neck and neck all season and asked Emmett, why do you deserve this more than Bradley? And, Emmett replied with basically that he's put in more time being prepared than Bradley. Things like with his diet and his nutrition, stretching, um, workouts, and stuff like that. Now, I, I think that's a great answer because, you know, everybody there um, has the same opportunities to the same nutrition, the same workouts. They have coaches there. Um, I mean, they have their own bike mechanic there. You know what I mean? So this is, this is, this is going to give them the best opportunity they have. And this is going to play, play later on in the event. They all have the same, um, opportunities with, with these coaches and mechanics and diets. Like they're all eating, not eating the same thing, but they all have the opportunity to eat the same thing. Um, anyways, I think that's a great answer. And, um, I think that, uh, Emmett sees that maybe Bradley has a bit more of the gifted talent on a bike and maybe doesn't seem, or maybe he doesn't see the work that Bradley's put into it. Um, and thinks that he's doing the little things, um, like he mentioned, uh, better, uh, rather than just having somebody come out with, uh, just straight talent and being able to compete at a high level. So I think he sees that he's, you know, he's more of a complete package and willing to put in, um, the work with doing the, the little things I think is what he's getting around to. 
Um, Christina asks Emmett, what is the greatest takeaway from the experience of the Pink Bike Academy? And Emmett replied with that he recognizes, right, that there's a lot of good fast riders out there and that everyone is basically looking for the same opportunity to race for the same teams and uh, get the same sponsors um, that he is trying to get. And with all that, that he just, it's just a reminder that he needs to stay focused. Um, give me just a second here, guys. Just going to. Sorry, wanted to blow my nose. Didn't want you guys to listen to that. So, um, so I think that that was a good answer. Um, I think that you know that he he recognizes that um, if he doesn't stay focused, that all this hard work and determination and time and effort that he's put in there, that he could possibly get beat by somebody like um, Bradley that just looks like he's more fluid, maybe a little bit more talented on the bike, um, and is also doing the right things um, that he's doing, you know what I mean? But he's just saying that he's showing that he has, uh, maybe a little bit better work ethic than what Bradley does. I don't know. Like you just get to look in to what the show wants you to see, you know what I mean? What they think is exciting or may, might put drama into it, but you don't actually get to see everything that goes on there. You know what I mean? So you can only take and try to decipher what these people are saying within their answers. Um, so, uh, that's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Just to let you guys know, um, that, that, that's not necessarily what they, uh, are showing on the show, obviously, but, um, just trying to decipher what they're talking about. Uh, Emmett mentioned that in the beginning of stage four, that he had gotten, that he thought that he had gotten another flat, which would have sucked, right? Because he's already like way behind eight, eight ball with getting the flat in the, in the second one or the, sorry, uh, the, uh, stage number two. And he's already trying like hell to make up time for that. Um, but Emmett mentioned that he had this, he had this noise and he thought that it was a flat, but turns, turns out that it was, was just the drone flying, flying behind him. And then they, they cut to it, which was pretty cool. They cut to it. Um, what he's talking about and you can hear, I like, I, I thought the same thing, like at first for just a split second, for just that little second, it sounds like there's air coming out of his tire. And then the, like the pitch changes of the drone or, or something, um, how it comes up over the hill or whatever, it's falling behind him. And then, uh, then you know that, that that's what it is. And you can, you can, you can feel the relief or you can hear the relief in his, in his voice. Um, moving on to, uh, who is the next writer? Uh, Laura. Laura um, drops into stage four and Gully asks. Okay. Give me a second here. No, oh, we're rolling. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, Laura's dropping into stage four and Gully asks Laura what her weakness in mountain biking is. And, and again, this is a deciphering moment. Um, because Laura is from Germany and she speaks pretty good English, but I think, um, there's obviously some things that are kind of lost in translation with what she says, but this is, this is again, kind of me deciphering. Laura replied with that. Um, she knows what they are now, basically like she didn't know, maybe she didn't know in the beginning, beginning, but she definitely knows now. And she says that it, it's her mental strength 
was her weakness, which I, I don't I don't think it's that. But um, she continues on saying uh, that when she comes up to a challenge that she knew she wasn't good at, that she was able to overcome it while coming while riding at the Pink Bike Academy. And I, and I think like that statement there is like true. Right. I think that Laura has gotten gotten to be a better racer, a better complete bike rider while at the pink bike academy i think that she's gotten better throughout and it's obviously right right because she's i mean she's obviously has some skill because she's made it to the final four but um she's saying that she's she's she knew that there were some things that she wasn't good at but she's able to, to overcome them at the pink bike academy and basically um throughout the weeks like she says that she just has found the sweet spot sweet spot um, between racing and pushing herself and trying to stay smooth so that she doesn't push so hard in the race that she, that she crashes. Because if you guys haven't been watching, um, or didn't watch, uh, a lot of the episodes, I think Laura had a crash in just about every challenge that there was. And, uh, she had a crash in, I think, uh, in stage three, no, in stage one, um, of this, this final here. But, um, where, what did I write down here? Sorry, I lost my deal. Uh, lost my train of thought. Uh, this is from, oh, so from what I can see, um, it's the really steep fast sections that are tough for Laura to, to do. And obviously she's gotten better and it's made her a better rider, but from all these crashes and being able to get up and complete them and then continue on and make it to the final four. Like in the beginning, whenever she said that her mental toughness, um, was a weakness. Uh, I, I, I don't really agree with that, but maybe again, like I said, there's something that was kind of lost in translation. Moving on. Bradley's dropping into stage four as well. Uh, Christina asked Bradley, what was, what, what's been the most difficult part about being at the pink bike Academy? And Bradley said, um, recovery physically and mentally because the challenges have been so intense and you know, you want to be at the top of your game, right? So now does that mean that what Emmett said about like dieting and stretching, um, is being a full part of the, the, the package whenever it comes to recovering, um, meaning that, you know, you got to make sure you're eating the right things. Um, you got to make sure that you're stretching before and after, um, you got to make sure that you're, you know, still working out because all of these things are going to play a big part in your physical and mental recovery. Right. And like I said before, like everybody's got the same advantages whenever it comes to your recovery and your workouts and your dieting and your exercising and things like that. So is that what, what Emmett was talking about and is Bradley like saying that, yeah, it's been tough because, um, because he's not eating the right things or he's not stretching before and after, or he doesn't see him putting in the work in the gym. I don't know, but, um, you know, it, it could also just be that, you know, he's coming from, um, where this Kiwi, uh, overseas, right? So he's, he's coming over to America, New Zealand. He's from New Zealand, I believe. 
And, um, you know, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of different things and, you know, a lot of different foods, you know, the different, um, so, you know, I could see where that would be hard with recovery, like trying to figure out what he likes to eat or what he can eat versus what, what they have there. You know, maybe, maybe there's something, something there. Um, maybe he isn't, um, versed in stretching or, you know, working out as often, or maybe he does things like at home, like with his, with his normal everyday routine with like working, like actual physically working. Um, he had mentioned something about hanging up the tool belt <clears throat> and being a full-time writer. So, you know, maybe his job is more physical than, um, you know, being in the gym and, you know, doing that kind of work, you know, it's hard to, like I said, just trying to decipher, <clears throat> excuse me, just trying to decipher what these guys are, are, are talking about and saying, you know what I mean? Um, but again, they all have the same opportunities with the, the with what they want to eat and, and, uh, you know, how they want to train with the trainers and, you know, get massages and, and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> Brad, uh, Christina asked Bradley, uh, what's his main takeaway from the experience? And Bradley basically said that, um, he didn't get the results, <clears throat> excuse me, that he didn't get the results that, um, in his last international race. Um, so he's using pink bike Academy to rest or to, to reset, uh, focus and make sure that he's making clean runs down the trails. And to me, it sounds like if the pink bike Academy doesn't work out that he's already got <clears throat> things that he's, excuse me, <clears throat> that he's already got things that he's working on outside it of pink bike Academy to help get him where he wants to be as far as like sponsors and, uh, teams to race with. Right. But, um, uh, oh yeah. Sponsors and teams and, and things to help with funding. Right. So, uh, next thing goalie, th this is, this was dumb. This was like, and I've been on the fence about goalie the whole time. I don't know. I don't know goalie. I started recently watching his, um, YouTube channel and I'm kind of getting a feel for him a little bit. But before that, like I, I wasn't sure where goalie fit in all this anyways. Right. But goalie asked this stupid question to Bradley of what, what mustache oil Bradley uses. And of course, I don't know. It just seems like goalie didn't have any real question for him. And goalie's been a fanboy of Bradley since day one. And, uh, I don't know. Bradley just smiles and, 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 and says none. And goalie's reaction was even dumber than the question. He just, you know, cuts to goalie slamming his pencil or whatever on the table and, and just saying, I, I never would have figured that out. Like, come, you know, I, I just could have, I could have done without that. Like, whatever, moving on. I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on to, um, uh, flow, uh, flow drops in. Christina asks what, what she's given up for the pink bike Academy opportunity. And I love flow's answer. And she, and she quickly says her life. And like, that's what you, that's what you should say. Like she, she's, I don't know, maybe not by far, but she's like my favorite contestant for sure on the pink bike Academy. Like she seems like the most well-rounded and like most deserving of it. I think, um, she continues to name off all the things that she's given up, um, at the pink bike 
you know, and she starts off with like her studies, meaning that, you know, she could be going to school, um, work, you know, because in order for her to, um, uh, race, you have to have money. You know, you, you can, you can have the backing of your parents or your friends, or your family. You can, you can have these GoFundMe accounts, you know, that, that, that'll help. But ultimately, you know, you put in your own, your own time and money, your family, your friends, um, have, you know, help where they can, but ultimately it's, you know, if, 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 you know, uh, if you, if, if you've tried to play sports at any kind of a high level, that's not professional, um, or that's professional without professional backing, <laughs> like it's expensive, you know, the travel alone is expensive enough, <clears throat> not to mention hotels and your food and your, um, your fees, your dues for, for the race or whatever, <clears throat> your entry fees, <clears throat> excuse me. I can't get over this. Something's in my, my throat. <clears> throat> um, she continues on and says, you know, her work and her family, she's given up that she's given up her time and she understands that if, if this doesn't work out for her, that she's, she's given all this up for a failed attempt at winning pink bike Academy and that this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And she also continues to explain that she's done all she can do to stay competitive or as close as she can stay competitive at a professional level with her own funding, you know, and it's not, and she also continues on and says that it's not about getting paid. It's more about having the support and backing of a team and sponsors, um, to help propel you forward. And I mean, throughout this whole interview process that Goli and Christina are giving the uh, contestants, like Flo's answers are just like spot on. <clears throat> uh, going back up here to Emmett, Emmett's dropping in. We're into stage five now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Emmett's dropping into stage five. Um, and Christina, I think, asked the question. Um, what his, um, mountain bike weakness is. And he mentions at the, the mental, his mental health is his weakness. Now I understand from what he, what he says, right. That it's been, it's been a tough couple of years for him. Um, you know, he's young and just, just like Bradley, I, I think they're both 19 years old. Um, although Bradley looks a little bit older. Um, but they're both 19 years old, I think. Uh, and he says that he, you know, he graduated high school. He moved to, um, the Pacific Northwest there. Um, I think somewhere by big white, the mountain, cause they were, you know, saying that he had kind of the home field advantage there. Um, his parents had, uh, gotten a divorce. So I think he had to choose to move to, with one of the parents before he graduated high school. And you know, Bradley had mentioned something that he noticed that it seems that Emmett gets rattled easy. I think it was um, the episode where they had the impossible climb challenge. <clears throat> where they had the impossible climb challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, this is what I was talking about. Whenever I tried to do the podcast um, last week, even though I was, I was feeling fine, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I kept on having to stop. Because it would have this, these these 
this these these fits where I would get something in the back of my throat, or I, I'd feel like I was talking noise nasally, and um, God, it was just getting on my nerves. And this is it's starting to do it again. I'm really sorry, guys. I'm gonna pause here. Excuse me. Blow my nose. Clear my throat. Ah, we're back. So, uh, dang it, where was I at? Uh, I was talking about Emmett and his weakness and um, going through the things that he was, um, you know, explaining why his his mental health has been a weakness. Um, you know, everybody goes through stuff. And, yeah, you know, he's young and he's going through those kind of things. Um, I didn't see a lot of that other than the one time that Bradley had mentioned that he was a little rattled because he had gotten put behind the eight ball on the, the, um, impossible climb challenge. And that also ultimately, um, flow, I think was the one that actually won that. And in the men, <clears throat> as far as the men go, uh, Bradley took second, or I'm sorry, Emmett took second, uh, to, to Bradley. And I think that's really the only challenge that uh that bradley won <clears throat> excuse me man there's all kinds of bodily noises coming out of me i keep trying to clear my throat that's not working i blew my nose that i don't feel like i sound any better and uh now i'm burping <clears throat> i'm so sorry so um with that being said um i don't know if if that's you know showing his weakness is his mental um mental health or not but that's what he says um sorry he's re reading what i had noted here but okay so okay so if he gets rattled easily right it and they're asking him this on day two of the two-day race that means that he's at the point where he's already had the flat in um day one of stage two so i think you know he finished that out the best that he could and he knows that he's behind the eight ball on the second day by a very large margin by like i think over two minutes <clears throat> that he has to come back and try to beat bradley by um, he sure seems to, to race and run. He's got a smile on his face. So I don't know if that's necessarily his weakness, but that's what he says. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, to Laura, right? No, wait, where are we at here? That's Emmett. Yeah. Moving on to Laura, um, dropping into stage five, Christina asked her what she wants her legacy in mountain biking to be. <clears throat> and she says that she wants to be an inspiration for the beginner women uh, mountain biker. And on the other hand, she wants to be known as a woman that didn't give up quite so easily or so early. Like I said, trying to decipher what she's saying here and that you should always keep going, right? <clears throat> and that's exactly what she's really done like this entire series. Um, she's had some major crashes. Uh, one of them, at least one of them leading to needing some medical help. She had to get some, some stitches in her elbow and she's been racing and running and doing all the challenges, uh, with this. So, I mean, 
to me mentally like she she's like the toughest contestant out there and her mental toughness her her toughness alone should be an inspiration to all women mountain bikers young and old men and women beginner or pro like i i I think that um like that 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 should be uh uh very inspiring um to all uh i guess that's all i had to say about about laura on stage five and her answers um moving on to bradley stage five christine asked bradley how he wanted to be remembered in mountain biking and Bradley's, Bradley's answer was just being a cool guy, being known for having lots of fun and getting soaked on bikes. I don't know. It just seemed like too simple. Um, I wanted a little bit more, um, more of what like the other two contestants said. Um, it just didn't sit well with me. Uh, I wanted to hear something like, I want to go out and win as much as I can for my team and my sponsors. I feel like, I feel like being a cool guy and having lots of fun and being stoked on bikes is just a sublet for being a good person that races bikes. And like, that's going to shine through as you race. You know what I mean? Like if you have good race or bad race, like you're always going to be that cool guy. And I think that that, that is going to be him probably, you know what I mean? But I just wanted to hear something more along, you know, that, that fits with being, um, being somebody that wants to race and wants to race at a high level. You know what I mean? Wanting to be, um, you know, go out and win as much as he can for his team and his sponsors. I I don't know, whatever. Um, uh, Christina asked him next, uh, how can, how can he be the best brand ambassador? And, and Bradley answered with, by, by sitting down and game planning and coming out, with what he can do to help be the best brand ambassador. And again, I just wanted to hear something like, you know, I want to use my social media, um, to post videos, uh, of me training hard, maybe going back to my hometown and having a demo day, um, with the, with a, or, or Bay of bikes and, you know, just bringing recognition, um, uh, for his, for his team and his sponsors, you know, something along those lines, uh, to, to just say, you know, to, to come out with a plan or whatever, like it just sounds like he's relying more on somebody to tell him what to do as to where this is the time where you need to start putting in, um, responses on, on what you can do to help. You know what I mean? So I don't know, like I said, Bradley had, or Bradley just doesn't have very good answers for any of these, these interview questions, to be honest with you. That that's how I feel. Um, goalie asked, um, a good question. He's, he asked, he, you know, the same thing that they asked, um, Emmett, you know, Bradley, since you and Emmett have been so close all season long, what, what have you done that makes you deserving of winning the pink bike Academy? And Bradley says that he thinks that he's, that things haven't gone his way and that he's better at putting the things that haven't gone his way behind him better than Emmett has. And then he says that, I guess that can happen to anyone. And it's like, man, come on, you know, either, either call somebody out or don't call somebody out, but don't, don't, (laughs) don't, don't give an example and then say, you know, that, that, that can, that, that can happen to anyone. 
You know what I mean? Either be a dick or don't. <laughs> At some point, like not everybody's going to like you. And if you're trying to get your point across, like, yeah, you might have to use an example uh, and, and name drop somebody. Who cares? Own up to it. You know what I mean? And then, and then it cuts, and then it cuts to uh, a clip of him washing out in stage five, uh, in a flat corner right before the finish. So everybody gets to see it. Anyways, moving on to flow and stage five, dropping in goalie asked the questions. What, what was her weakness in mountain biking and, and flow answers with such a professional answer and just, you know, wears it all on her sleeve. She, she says that there's obviously some skills and, and she's in need of, of tweaking some of those skills, um, just right, you know, and that maybe she's been held back a little bit from these skills because when she first got into mountain bike race racing, it was in the XC side of things and that the training was always more important than technique, right? Like your physicality was more important than technique because there's a lot less, I guess, features and jumps and things like that. And, uh, so obviously like flow does great on the climbs and, you know, getting from, from, uh, during the transitions, like is probably really easy for her, but, um, the downhill steep stuff or maybe picking lines or, uh, maybe holding corners a little bit better, a little bit longer, getting through them a little bit faster. Like that's where she, that's where she's saying that she needs like help. You know what I mean? Like where she needs to, to get the little, little tweak on her technique. And, um, it's just, I, I think that's just a, a great, great answer. Um, that, you know, I think Christina says it some somewhere, you know, like it's easy enough to say like, I'm the best. I don't have any weak spots, you know, as to come out and just being honest, uh, and letting people know, because, you know, whenever you get on a race team or whenever you are at this level of, uh, trying to be a professional bike racer, like your team, your coaches, like they need to know that exact thing. Like, where do you feel like your weakness is? Right. Because whenever you become more, um, confident in those weaknesses, they're not weaknesses anymore. And you can move on to the next one. And that, that is going to make you a better rider, better racer, whenever it comes down to it, when it comes down to, to, to the end, you know what I mean? Trying to be professional and trying to race and trying to win, um, as many events, um, as you can. Um, and if you have the mi mindset and mentality that you don't need help in any area, um, and you have to wait to be shown e either on video. Um, it makes it more difficult. Like I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen, um, in high school, you know, whenever we're, we're watching the film, um, of football games, you know, uh, you try to critique somebody that has talent and speed, but their technique isn't where it needs to be. Um, they just, they just can't take that constructive criticism and then they're never going to be where they could be with a little bit more help and training, uh, in those areas, I guess. <laughs> um, moving on to, uh, stage six, uh, with Emmett, Christina asked Emmett, if there's anything that he'd like to say, uh, 
and Emmett looked confident and poised, and he just said that that he's happy with his performance, and um, it, they cut to a, a sick clip of Emmett choosing a a, a sick line <laughs> uh, choice and doing a really sick cutty into a right hander at the end of Hubba Bubba. That was that was pretty cool. Um, Emmett's fast. I mean, Emmett looks fast on a bike, and I think. Uh, I think goalie said it, you know, it seems like, uh, Bradley has more style and maybe more, a little bit more flow to him. And I think that maybe looks like he's a little bit more talented, a little bit more on the gifted, talented side than what Emmett is. But Emmett is just a pure cut fast, faster guy on a bike, I think. And it shows, I, I think that shows. Because it did show a clip, I think, of, um, yeah, it did show a clip of Bradley taking that same line. I think it showed a clip of everybody taking that same line, flow included. And uh, to watch Emmett do it was so much faster than what um, Bradley had taken it to. Anyways, um, Laura, stage six. Uh, Laura, <laughs> it starts off by showing Laura almost going otb at the start of stage six but saved it and you could hear in her voice that she knew it was close uh anyways christina mentioned that she had 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 a lot of progression um out of laura and then asked what has been her main takeaway from the pink bike academy and uh it was it was like at that moment that laura knew that she wasn't cut out for international racing and, and basically that she would want to focus on more of like the social media videos and photography. And she said that she wasn't going to stop racing, that she wants, she just wants to be more in control of what races she does. Um, and I, I think, you know, just being at the pink bike Academy that it just shows that, um, like these, these trails are like not only physically demanding, but they are they're tough and and trying to do them at race speed um you know on a, on a on a black diamond course like is is it's hard to do you know but i think personally i think that um that would just a little bit more help uh and 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 critiquing that that she could be as fast as flow and and really you know if you look at the times at the end i mean Laura wasn't, you know, she wasn't minutes off of Flo's time. Um, and some, I think on stage two of today's, or not, sorry, stage five of today's race, like Flo was only like tenths of a second off. Or I'm sorry. Uh, Laura was only tenths of a seconds off from what time that Flo had put down. Now, I don't know what happened if, if Flo struggled on that section or if she, you know, you know, there was something that was difficult for her to do because we all have those. I think we all in, in bike racing and in sports in general, I think that depending on what you're doing, like everybody does something a little bit better, right? Like I feel like, for example, like whenever it comes to really fast, chunky sections of trail, like I can just, I can just, I have so much confidence. I can go over them so easily, um, with drops and jumps and things like that. Like I'm really confident in, 
but I'm not so confident in going into like chunky sections of um, berms and turns and stuff like that, where there's like these, those breaking bumps that are in, that are in um, berms, like those, those, I don't know. I do those. I don't do those very well. And I could use some tweaking on that. Right. Anyways, I just think that, you know, she figured out that um, she just isn't cut out for the international racing of things. Um, let's see, cutting over to uh, Bradley on stage six. Goalie asked Bradley what he's given up or what he's been or what he's willing to give up um, so far to be at the Pink Bike Academy. And from what Bradley said, he, he's raced on the international circuit and you know much like flow i'd imagine um bradley did get a little choked up and i'm sure you know he's thinking of what it's taken up to this point you know um all the work and the money that he's saved up maybe the help that he's gotten from his mom and his dad because he said he's he's been in it for three years right so that's and, and if he's 19 now so that's 17 18 19 so at 17 obviously you're not getting you know, you, you can you can work a little bit, but if you're racing at the same time, obviously you're getting a lot of help from your mom and your dad, right? And friends and family. And I think that's maybe, you know, and to, to try to be at that high of a level, you know, in the international circuit of racing, um, that you start to realize, you start to look back and you see all the hard work and money and time that not only you, but everybody else has put in. And I think that's why, Bradley may may have gotten a little choked up there because it's it's easy to say you know that you <laughs> that you've taken your shortcomings better than somebody else but whenever you sit back and think about it that's what that's what'll get you choked up you know what I mean what 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 it's actually done um, and I think that there uh, it, whenever Bradley got choked up I think that's what what happened to him anyways um what did I write down here um Oh, so, um, so with that, you know, I think he's also, um, has been using the, uh, Pink Bike Academy as a way to get noticed, oh, which is smart. You know what I mean? It's something that you, you should take advantage of. So if this doesn't work out, you still want to be given your all, you know what I mean? You still, if you don't come in first, you damn sure better come in second, you know what I mean? Kind of deal. And, uh, he's already at this point in, in, in the, the top four. Um, stage six, Christina asked, or going on to flow here. Um, stage six, Christina asked flow what she'd like to be remembered and, and flow just, she just has the best answer. She wants everyone to know that she does everything with great passion and that she puts herself wholeheartedly into bike racing. And, um, that's what she wants everyone to remember her to, to, to remember about her. And, um, and I think they will, I mean, I'll. I think it's sick. Like I've been watching some of the YouTube videos goalie. And I guess that's, that, that's how I got on goalie's channels. Goalie did a, a video, um, while running down with flow. Christina did a video on her YouTube channel with flow or was it pink bike? No, I think it was, I think it was their own channels. I have to go back and look, but, um, so, uh, I think that's pretty cool, you know, getting her name out there even more, you know, with other people, um, so that they know what's going on. Uh, so looking at the, the looking at the men's leaderboard, 
Um, day one really hurt Emmett. Um, stage two, he got that flat tire, um, added over two minutes of time. Um, but on the first and the third, Emmett's time still wins. Well, it was still better than, than Bradley's time, you know, better than everybody's time. Then on day two, Emmett beats Bradley on all three stages. But of course, with Emmett having that flat in stage two, um, Bradley was still able to hold a commanding lead through, through day two. So I don't know if, you know, without Bradley winning any of those stages, um, he didn't have to because he knew he had this monstrous lead. So was Bradley ever able to beat, um, Emmett whenever it comes to a race, I guess we'll never know. But what's nice to know is I think, um, they're they're both probably going to be racing EWS. They're probably at the very least going to be racing in some of the same um, races this year. So I'm going to try to pay close attention, and um, because then then they're still on the same stage again, and uh, you get to see if Bradley is anywhere close to to Emmett Speed. Uh, looking at the women's leaderboard, um, it's no surprise. Flo's time on day one dominated Laura's on all stages except for stage two that was a stage two um laura was only like tenths of the seconds off from what um flow's time was uh then on day two flows uh flow again dominated the course laura crashed <laughs> back to it for the third time here um so i was talking about the women's leaderboard it's no surprise that um, flow dominated day two. <clears throat> um, Laura, uh, of course, crashes on stage four and just looks to finish the race. Uh, after knowing that all she needs to do is finish in one piece, it shows on her times and, uh, being beat on stage five by like 17 seconds and on stage six by almost 30 seconds. Um, so they cut 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 to the the podiums, right? They got all four they got all four contestants standing up there, and uh, they're going to announce the runner up, which Emmett ends up getting. And I knew at that point that if Emmett got got that, because I mean Emmett Emmett had better answers than Bradley. Of course, Bradley won technically won the the enduro. Um. But obviously with Emmett finishing all but the one that he got the flat on, um, it's obvious that Emmett's the faster guy. He also had the better answers in the interview, and he won more of the challenges throughout the entire season than what Bradley did. So I think Emmett was very deserving of the Pink Bike Academy runner-up, and with that I had no doubt that Flo was going to be the ultimate winner of uh, the Pink Bike Academy, and uh, so to no surprise, uh, Flo did win the Pink Bike Academy. Um, and it was pretty, it was pretty cool to see whenever Flo um, won it, and they they cut to that picture of her by herself with the bottle of champagne, really just giving out a big woohoo of passion, and then spraying the the champagne all over. Um, she knew that she had finally gotten like she's finally going to get her chance to 
race at a professional level with professional backing. And uh, I, I can't say that I wouldn't have felt the same. A lot of passion would have came out of me, probably big old tears and, and things like that too. Who knows? So that's it for the Pink Bike Academy. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, the next season. I really enjoyed the first season. I enjoyed this season just as much. And uh, I hope it would be cool if at some point they get to the point where either the season is a little bit longer or they can put more than one season into a year. Anyways, uh, really enjoy watching a lot of what Pink Bike does. They're my favorite YouTube channel. And uh, I think it would be really cool to be a part of that. So moving on to uh, the Pink Bike Awards, yearly awards. Um, the, the one and only thing that I really wanted to talk about is the, the fact that Pink Bike has their awards that give out best bike of the year. Not best trail bike of the year. Not best downcountry, not best enduro, not best. I mean, it's just the best bike of the year. And if you didn't know already, Pink Bike picked out the 2022 Norco range. The same exact bike that I purchased, jeez, uh, almost six months ago now. And I absolutely love the bike. And I just want to let you guys know that, yes, this bike is a bit one-sided. Like this bike demands the terrain, right? Like it needs the big jumps. It needs the big drops. It needs the big, gnarliest, chunkiest stuff that you can throw at it. And it just eats it up. And if you guys didn't already know, the bike is heavy. It, 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 it It's a beast of a bike to climb. But it's also the best tool for the job when it comes to going down like it just for for a bike that's got 170 millimeters travel front and rear 29er um i really feel like the only bike that's going to do what it does better is a downhill bike with the 12 speed cassette <laughs> um so I'm, I'm happy that i ended up picking out the same bike months before it was announced that it was going to be that it is pink bikes bike of the year i think that's cool i think that's really cool and since this took a little bit longer than uh all of my other episodes um to get through because i wanted to talk about the stuff earlier on with the 512 and uh Revly peak i'm going to skip today's baller versus budget um update and i'm going to compile that with the um with next week's that's going to be like my big talk uh, i'm going to talk about basically the past three weeks on what they've done on the baller versus budget and uh we're going to take a little bit deeper look into that so with that being said guys thank you so much for listening uh i hope to hear you guys i hope to have you guys back next monday uh, again, I'm going to try to be a little bit more consistent with putting these out every Monday and, um, yeah, make this a weekly thing. So peace out guys. Go ride your bike.